You're listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, bringing the most inspirational leaders in the Australian tech industry together to collaborate, share stories and exchange ideas. I'm Liam McDade, co-founder of Evolution Australia, and today I'll be your host. Welcome to the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast and our fifth in the special talent acquisition series, where we're going to be talking about the importance of positive candidate experience. As ever, we have a panel of industry experts today who are ready to share their thoughts and insights with you on this topic. So let's get into the intros. Over to you, Steve. Hi, everyone. I'm Steve Gard. I'm the founder of the Circle Back Initiative, um, which is a candidate experience and candidate care initiative. I started it during the pandemic in 2020. And um, I also run uh, Benchmarks, which is a candidate experience benchmarking platform. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. And over to you, Haridini. Thanks, Liam. Hi, Steve. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Haridini. I'm the head of talent at 460 Degrees. Um, 460 Degrees is a, a destination expert management agency. So we attract experienced IT and digital talent. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Sorrel. Hi, Liam. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, my name is Sorrel. I'm the talent manager for Nindex. Um, Nindex is a leading process improvement automation and workflow software. Um, our aim is basically to help uh, businesses by making their day-to-day processes a lot easier by building an automation backend. We serve around 10,000 customers, help with a billion processes in 90 countries. And we have roughly about 1,000 employees worldwide. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. And um, last but no means least, Sarah. Hi, everybody. Um, so I'm Sarah Purchase. I am the Talent Strategy and Experience Manager for RMIT Online, um, which a lot of people get very confused between RMIT Online and RMIT University, but we are both quite different. So we um, essentially create short courses in partnership with the best industries in the globe um, that address the, the skills shortages out there. So leaning into the future of work and the major skills gaps that are out there. Um, but we also partner with businesses um, and help create courses with them so they can essentially address some of the, the skill, skills shortages and gaps and issues that may arise in their organisations. So rather than having to go out and hire a whole heap of new people, they can train and invest in the people that they currently have to upskill them. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody. Great to have you with us. Today's topic of the importance of candidate experience. So it's a subject that's come up in, in one way or another in all of our previous talent acquisition podcasts. Um, and it's and rightly at the, at the forefront of people's thinking when it comes to identifying, attracting and engaging top talent. So we thought it'd be a great topic for um, to, to um, focus on in today's podcast. Um, where we want to kick off today was just to really define what we mean by candidate experience. Um, and, and why it's important, um, as it's something that, that forms the very essence of the Circle Back initiative. I thought we'd um, we'd start with Steve to get his thoughts on that. So, Steve, over to you. What is candidate experience, and why is it important? Thanks, Thanks Liam. I mean, crikey, how long have we got? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's such a big subject. I mean, for 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 me, it's the sum of everything that we do for, for uh, in terms of employees and agencies. What we what we do is the sum of everything, and. It, it's so critical for me. It's the foundation of really good recruiting. You know, you can have a brilliant attraction strategy. You can have really in-depth selection methodologies. But if the candidate doesn't like you, they're not going to join anyway. So all of it is for nothing. So for me, it's the absolute bedrock that everything else needs to um, to sit on. And 
every single employer will have a candidate experience or it should be really it should really be experiences because it's plural everybody has slightly different experiences but you know every employer has a candidate experience and they when we recruit we leave a candidate experience footprint and a recruiting footprint everywhere we go and we either really leave a nice clean footprint or we leave a really dirty muddy footprint that's our choice so you know it's um it has such a massive impact on our ability to hire our ability to talent pool ability to talent pipeline and also commercially can have a, a massive impact as well yeah i think that, that there's there's um as you know we have a slightly different um, view of um of, of recruiting looking from from the agency side of the fence um but it's but the the amount of investment of of time and an effort and emotion that, that candidates um, can put into applying for a role, interviewing for a role, preparing for that interview. In the old days, actually physically getting to the interview, obviously they're, they're, they're much more often done on, on, on video these days. Um, but um, you know, there's a lot more, a lot more investment of their of, the, of their time, energy, and emotion into applying for a role, going for that. It can be quite stressful in certain situations where perhaps someone needs a job that don't currently have one, or, or whatever that may be. Um, that the they the weight of investment is from the candidate, but the weight of experience isn't always isn't always forthcoming. That they don't necessarily um, receive as much of a um, uh, investment in return as they perhaps put into it, regardless of whether they're successful, or unsuccessful, offer the job, accept the job, whatever that might be. Um, the investment of time, energy, and emotion in, into that is. It's really easy to underestimate, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, where we're and, on the process. And, and candidate experience has evolved even further, right? So for me, candidate experience starts before the employer even knows about it. You know, we're, you know, historically, traditionally, candidate experiences are what's it like to apply and onwards. But actually now it's much more before that. It's, it, we don't even know who the candidate is and their experience, some sort of candidate or applicant experience whatever you call it, is an experience, you know, what is that like, even before we know it. So it's, it's, it's become, you know, especially with so many touch points that we use in attraction now and employer branding, that is all, that's all experience. What is it like engaging with that, with that employer or agency? So it's become trickier to, it's become trickier to sort of measure really. The engagement part is, is is really important. Again, something that's probably underestimated um, unintentionally, but, but 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 I think it is nonetheless. Like demand is that high um, that candidates will often get more than one opportunity, more than one offer. They're interviewing for multiple roles at the same time, um, and I think that the way that the the um, employment world is right now, and, and rightly so, people who have multiple offers will probably tend to to. Um, you know, gravitate towards what they feel most engaged with, and it's a feeling. It's you know, there's there's lots of other things that that are you know, in, involved in terms of you know the work and the salary and all these other bits and pieces. But it, it, all you've really got to go on through through an interview process is is a, is, a, is, an, is a feeling, is that experience. So you know, from the, you talk earlier, Steve, about the the, the commercial advantage of, of positive experience. Deliver a positive experience, engage that person more, and they're more likely to. Ultimately, accept your offer if you know if, 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 if that's made. I think commercially, it's it's massively under, underestimated. Sorel, do, do you have any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I like Stephen's point about that we don't even know who the candidate is yet. I think, I don't know if it's since the pandemic or but lately, I feel like candidates have a lot more time or put a lot more effort into doing their research. So every communication is key. And it starts with um, your Glassdoor reviews, but also how is your job advertised? What is that first touch point of the candidate with an internal and external recruiter? Because I feel lately the community is getting smaller or they have a lot more time to do their research. But every little thing can come up as a negative, but hopefully more so as a positive experience for them. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with Steve that that communication is, is one of the most important aspects of that candidate experience and creating an effective candidate experience at all times. Steve. Yeah, just coming back to your point uh, a moment ago, I mean, about how, you know, that how important it, or, you know, the fact that experience is really that insight into that organi into that organization. So there was really some interesting data that Career Builder brought out that said they, they found out that 78% of job seekers um, factor in candidate experience when looking at how an organization, how much an organization cares for its employees. Um, so it's it's a, it's a massive window into that organization. Um, right, as Sorrel mentioned, right at the beginning from like the job ad, really. I mean, if you, my my pet hate, and the reason, part of the reason I started the Circle Back Initiative was the wording in job ad saying only shortlisted applicants will be responded to. You know, that is immediately for me a window into what that culture of that organization is is like, especially when they've got two lines above it. We are a respectful organization. You know, yeah. it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's such a massive window. Um, and it's, it's so important to get it right. I think a lot, a lot of that, um, perhaps if we're looking for a, an explanation as to as to where that came from, why that perhaps still persists in the market, um, is, you know, if we look back, I would say, what was it, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, the GFC, and they were, the market was completely the other way around. There were so many more applicants to the job. There were so many more candidates. Um, I think it's perhaps one of those things that, at the time, it was it probably was it was just a practical operational thing. It's like we can't possibly get back to everybody, um, you know, because we get inundated with, with, with applications. But I think um, it's one of those things that perhaps just becomes it becomes a thing that you don't look back on and say, "Oh, we should get rid of that thing now," because that's not. It's just something that sits at the bottom of job ads or or, or whatever it might be. And, and it's actually it takes it takes a it takes people actually looking at their processes and the review the reviewing how they go about things and looking at it through a candidate's eyes or um you know, look, looking at re reviewing their the whole experience that they that they deliver um to identify actually wow that's 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 quite that's quite mad we shouldn't say that anymore um it's just just a byproduct of a, of a, of a bygone era a bygone bygone employment market um Interesting to, to, to your point there, Steve. I think you, I forgot where you said the, the, the report was from, but um, was that that um, the experience that was delivered by the interviewers gave candidates an insight into into how they looked, how the company looks after their people? It, it wasn't that granular, but I think it I think it's really across the whole experience life cycle. So you know, what was it like to apply i mean a number of tech companies that i mean I, I make applications all the time so there's lots of dummy applications out there in the name of in different names from me but um uh, you know tech companies who say they're in, innovative around technology 
And then it's an absolutely horrendous application process. You know, that's not a great experience. You know, how quickly you get a response back isn't a great experience. Whatever it might be, I, I think it goes beyond the interview. I think often when we think about experience, we think about just those candidates that get towards the latter end of the process rather than the front end of the process. I mean, my, my, my view is, you know, everybody wants to talent pool and talent pipeline, all these buzzwords, right? You can't do that. You can't do that unless you give a great experience. You can, you can create a database of people. That's different. But you can't talent pool. If you don't give them a great experience, you're just going to have a database of, database of disgruntled people that, that, that you're not going to be able to, to work with in the future. Yeah, it comes back to the engagement, engagement point earlier, doesn't it? So mm. you mentioned that. Um, Sarah, what do you have just, just some thoughts on that? Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, the world's changing a lot now and, um you know, I think more than ever, we really have to make sure the experience is authentic as well and keep it really real. Don't overcook the jobs and overcook the company because people, you know, can reach out to someone else who's recently left on LinkedIn or everyone has a friend of a friend or whatever who's worked at an organisation that can get really good insight into that. Um, but one of the things I actually did a case study and some research on candidate experience a couple of years ago, just before um, lockdown. And one of the biggest things that we found was when you asked people about their experience through not just the hiring, but their first week in the job. And if that was a really poor onboarding experience and didn't match the experience going through the process, they were more likely to accept offers or other interviews from other organisations during that first week. Um, and from that, it was the word of mouth. So then it becomes a branding and marketing exercise whereby, you know, people, you know, that one person, how many people did they tell about their first week on the job? How many family members, friends, did they share it on social media? And then all of those other touch points then have a particular view of that particular brand or business. So it's not only damaging from a candidate point of view and trying to attract the right talent. If you don't get it right and you don't do it authentically and respectfully, you're essentially destroying your own brand and any kind of faith that anybody has in it so I think it's you know it's it's one of those things more than ever now that we are able at a click of a button get great insight into a lot of different things and a lot of interesting raw feedback on an organization um you know it's it's when you take it that extra step further and you actually start having in-person conversations with others um you know it, it can be the the make or break for you yeah, in, a, in an ever more connected world where everyone's connected to everybody somehow, yeah. um, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier to uncover those 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 things, right? And it's really, you know, they're, they're some examples of you know that we've come across an evolution where you know a company has a, a reputation for delivering a poor experience. Um, they improve that experience, and they work on that, but the story of that bad experience is still out in the market. It's a really difficult um, reputation to shift. Um, you know, um, Haralini, any, any any additional thoughts on that? Um, very similar to what Sarah said, actually, and also echoing what um, Steve said. Just the, it's so imperative, and it's such a simple thing to give some a candidate a good experience because that candidate, even if they, whether they start a job with us or not, they've had that experience and they're taking that experience to a family barbecue, to a friends, mm. to their colleagues, and. Our name is going out everywhere. Whether they've got the job or not, I think is almost 
um, in some cases, irrelevant. If you've given them a good experience, then they're going to remember you as a business that has good values. Um, you know, if, if, if they speak to somebody who says, oh, I'm going for an interview with the same business, they're like, oh, they're great. They give honest feedback and, yep, that sounds good. Albeit they haven't received the role that they really wanted, but just being honest, giving that that word of mouth is is above all in every industry, I think. And candidates, that's our product, so mm. absolutely imperative. Yeah, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, I, I think even leaning onto that. I mean, one of the things that we look at is every candidate is a potential customer. <laughs> so yeah. mm-hmm. whether or not they're successful, we want them to have a positive experience because they, you know, ideally we want everybody to use our product and to become a customer or a learner. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of um, positives that can even come from a negative outcome. So we want to be able to have every person walk away and say, you know what, I didn't get the job, but my God, it was really interesting and I learned a lot and I would absolutely love to entertain the opportunity for any other role that came up in that organisation. Yeah, I was I was talking to Israel yesterday about this exact thing with my own personal experience of applying for a role many, many years ago. My first, you know, I didn't have any recruitment experience. I wanted to get into the industry, interview for, for, for a company, didn't get the job, but they gave me clear feedback as to why I didn't have any experience. Um, so I went and got experience and then went back there two years later and said, right, I, I never forgot about that company. I always wanted to work there. Got the job, spent three fantastic years, probably, you know, some of the best years of my career at that company before moving to Australia. Um, but yeah, all because of all because of that, you know, it was, I mean, this is we're talking about the year 2000. This, the, we didn't have all the resources we have now. It was literally just the the in-person experience that I had there for what an hour, two hours, you know, in, in one of their boardrooms. And it was it was enough for me to just never forget them and want to go back and work there. Um, Powerful. Yeah. yeah. Steve? Yeah, I just want to pick up on a couple of points. Um, Haradine, you're talking about uh, values. I think um, what, we, um, what, we, what we often forget is that um, our experiences is a reflection of our values, right? So when we build our EVPs, our employee value propositions, we pack it full of value stuff. But when we get to experience, we often don't think about putting the value stuff into our experience journey as well. So I I call it the fragility of values, right? You talk about the values, but then when you get to experience, then they all fall down and they just don't exist. So often, you know, when I'm speaking to organizations, they say, well, how do we how do we work on our candidate experience? You know, one of the things is that gap. And then the, the other bit, I mean. Uh, just come back to what Sarah was saying about the consumer side of it. it. This is a really big problem for B2C businesses. If you're selling to the public, it is something that you've really got to get a grasp of because, you know, essentially you could have somebody right at the top of the circle, right? Who's a brand advocate, loves your brand as a consumer. Suddenly they become an applicant. Suddenly they become an unsuccessful applicant. How do we then get them back up to the top again where they're a brand advocate? And that's TA's responsibility. That's TA's journey and the hiring managers. But it's the business's journey to return them to the place they were before rather than between just being ending up in that position of being an unsuccessful ex-lover of that brand. Um, so it's a real challenge. It's a big challenge for B2C businesses. So really, uh, uh, a point to make there. Well, a lot of us have said now, and I nearly forgot, but um, yeah, no, I think all the, the points raised here are definitely on point. Uh, I love the values that Steve mentioned. I think one of our core tenants at Nintex is don't wait. 
And it'd be quite embarrassing if we let candidates wait for weeks to get a, a response from us, right? So it's all about, again, that communication, that feedback, and just setting the right expectations. And sometimes if, if you know it's going to take a little, just be honest with your candidates and just say, hey, we have a couple of people on leave or we're very short staff or we have some conference coming up, but I, I'll, I'll let you know by next week. And even if you don't know that next week, at least give the candidate still a call and say, hey, you're still on top of my list. I'm waiting. I'll give you a call back again on Monday. And and just that consistent feedback and that communication or just a, a WhatsApp message and say, hey, have a nice weekend or on their first day, just happy first day. Hope you're going well. Let me know if you need anything. It's just really small kind of gestures that you can do that make uh, make a life of difference. And there's so many tools and ATS systems and cool systems out there that even if you don't have that much time, if you if you set it up properly, you only have to do that once and it works it works a treat for everyone, I think. Yeah, so just I want to bring Haradini into the uh, into the conversation here to something specifically that, that Steve was talking about a moment ago where um talents are responsible for that. Mm. And you know, anybody when I say you're know, equally hiring managers, but but talent kind of the gatekeepers of it, I guess. Um Haradini um we were uh, Harry and I were talking about about this um, a couple of weeks ago, and and um, you wanted to talk specifically today about um, ensuring the consistency of candidate experience throughout a, a, a whole TA process, which involves, you know, often you know, an external recruitment company, then an internal uh, talent acquisition person, then a, a line manager, then a member of the team, then people in culture, and each person having a different. A different view, a different objective from that hire, seeing that problem through a different lens, perhaps, um, and the challenge of how do you, with all those different touch points and different, sometimes subconscious, you know, parameters, how do we, how, how do we ensure consistency throughout that when there are so many, so many touch points and so many people? So I'm just going to hand over to you to give that a bit more context, Harry. Thanks, Liam. Yeah, it's pretty much what we've covered today. It's really not that complicated. I think if we can be consistent with what we are saying to our candidates, just being honest with them, you know, um, what we're going to do um, if we know so the process is going to take two weeks, then be honest with them, this is what's going to occur, rather than there being any sort of miscoms which lead to frustrations, etc. But also internally, uh, we need to be aligned. And like you were saying, you know, be aligned with your external stakeholders, be aligned with your internal stakeholders. So what you are communicating to your client, i.e. candidate, is the same message. So they're hearing the same thing, albeit from different people. Um, and exactly um, everything we've just said, you know, um, that footprint, what Steve was um, referencing earlier, we that footprint is being left throughout that process from when we engage with the recruitment agency, from when people and culture come in, from when talent comes in, from when we do references, whatever it is, just having that same experience, being honest, being honest about it throughout the process, I think, and then leaving it to to them. There's nothing else to uncover once you are you are truthful. Um, and and that and that that is so, so imperative for me, for us as 460. Like we always say our value exchange is based on a two-way relationship. It's not just us having this big list of values saying this is what we adhere to. It is, it is a it works both ways. Um and 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 that 
I think Sarah might have said that as well. You know, it's simplistically, very, very simplistically, today's candidate is going to be tomorrow's client one day. And if you give them a good experience, if they need to hire someone, they're going to go, let's go back to them. Because when I was a candidate, that was a brilliant experience throughout. It was consistent. It was honest. Let's let's continue to use them. Yeah, I think the, 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 the consistency thing doesn't necessarily mean that everyone needs to say the same thing. Not quite. Um, but it's about it's about it's about displaying it's about displaying those same values in different ways. So you know, um, I know um, one of the uh, values of four sixty degrees is is uniqueness, right? Um, um, and by definition of that, each person will interpret that a different way. Each person you're meeting through a process will interpret that a different way. Will demonstrate that a different way. They don't all have to repeat the same things that that, that the previous two or three people said. But as long as it's still being demonstrated. In a in a unique way, in that person's interpretation of that, then the candidate goes away with, okay, well that is consistent. Everyone was everyone everyone talks about that thing, um, all right, in a different way and interpreted differently or whatever that might be. But um, but there is a consistency of it rather than it being contradictory. You, you learn one thing from your first meeting and then something completely different from the second, which 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 kind of argues with that first thing, and then you kind of oh, well, what, what's it really like here? <laughs> you know, um, Cyril, you you wanted to make a point. Yeah, I definitely agree. But I also like wanted to raise that we obviously play a huge part in this, but it's also coaching and training hiring teams to to do so because we we only have yeah, we can only do so much, right? So always just making sure that like for example, when we have a kickoff meeting with our hiring managers, we really set up our scorecards so that we know what to focus on in interview one versus interview two versus interview three. So the candidate is not having three interviews that are almost aligned, making sure that we set up attributes, interview questions, so the hiring manager treat every candidate the same. Because if you do sometimes four, five, six interviews with different candidates, you don't know what you've covered with candidate one anymore. So really train and coach your hiring managers are providing us SDA with consistent feedback so we can verbally give that to our candidates and really prep them for what they can expect in the next round or if they were unsuccessful what did what can they do to become better next time and how can they learn from this experience and yeah one one of the most important things is just again interview training or have conversations with your hiring managers and let them think about when they applied for the role how was the experience for them and how, how, yeah, I think they all want to be treated like they were treated a couple of years or months ago. And I think that's super important as well. Steve? Yeah, I think, I think that, that, that that sort of part where we hand over responsibility to hiring managers is quite, quite a scary, uh, scary time, really, right? Because <laughs> I'll say it bluntly, it's a scary time because... You know, we've we've worked hard on the candidate experience work, and then it's in control of, of 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 others that maybe you know it's not recruitment isn't an HR isn't their day to day work. Um, I think the key here is just making sure that you know, as organisations, you're measuring throughout the recruitment process what that experience was like. So, you, I'm not here to sell my platform, but one company signed up to our platform recently and very quickly noticed that. Um, the experience that interviewers were having, having was really, really low. And when they looked at the data in their dashboard, they could see um, that hiring, they were saying hiring managers weren't prepared or selling the role. Um, and what they were able to do is make a very, very quick intervention, actually, and, and say, actually, we need to. They started to look at, is it us as TA function not 
providing enough information, like um, making sure there's interview notes, making sure that, you know, the, the hiring managers are aware of what to do, or is it the hiring managers aren't, um, aren't preparing themselves well enough? And, you know, it's, it's key to measure that because we don't, we don't, we don't see it as TA, as recruiters. Um, we, we lose that visibility. Um, yeah. Tony, it was your, your original point. Um, just, I, I agree with everything. I really wish, um, you know, this is brilliant. I think we could go on forever because we're, we're in furious agreement all of us. <laughs> which is, which is brilliant. Um, it's, um, it's so true, but in saying that as well with, the uh, with giving the, um, hiring managers training, um, absolutely important just because you're technically able to quiz someone doesn't necessarily mean you've got the, um, tenacity or, um, or the tact to, to do it in, in an appropriate, uh, appropriate manner. But, um, we could, we could do this two ways. We could also, um, engage with our candidates and advise them what the interview is going to be like. So they, mm. also, we set expectations on both sides. Again, going back to what we were saying, just being honest, communicating it to everyone and being consistent with that. The consistency, like you said, Liam, it's exactly that. It doesn't mean it's the same message. It just means it's flowing through and everyone's aware of where, where they fit in the puzzle. Um, some hiring managers, especially with what we do, because we're all very technical, um, they um, aren't necessarily as um, able to interview um, tactfully um, as many others, but they are there to um, specifically talk about the technology side of things. So, you know, maybe have someone else in there, you know, we could be in there, just make that experience easy for the candidate, make them comfortable as well. Again, so they go, go out of it thinking that wasn't a complete disaster. That was great. That was exactly what I was expecting because that's what the talent acquisition person has advised me already. So, yeah, I think communication, honesty. Sarah, I know this is something you're, you're especially passionate about. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I lose my mind over this stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it's interesting you bring the hiring manager in and, you know, I remember that part of that with the days where my heart would just sink a little bit. <laughs> Be like, oh, don't screw it up. But I think one of the biggest <laughs> things that I've learned is, is just that transparency piece and, creating diversity in the interview panels. So whilst you might have someone that's technical and, you know, and I wouldn't say, you know, I've got some great technical people in our organisation who are also really great interviewers and they're fun. Um, but, you know, where you have someone perhaps isn't as experienced or might be a little bit nervous about leaning into something like this is to team them up with someone in the organisation who's tried and tested. Um, and they don't even need to be in the same team like we could be hiring for a developer and having someone from student success sit in on that interview and create that you know you're meeting different people in the organization different points of view getting a good snapshot of the culture and the kind of people that you're going to mix with um, but also you know setting up your hiring managers and your interview panels for success so having your scorecards making sure that they are getting a debrief um, after that first interview with the second panel so that we know what are the questions that have been covered, so that we know, you know, 
a little bit more about the person so that when we are going into that second interview, we're using that time really well um, and diving into the stuff, you know, the grey areas and, and continuing on building that relationship with the candidate as well so that we are making them comfortable and making it more conversational rather than an interrogation so people feel comfortable enough to put their best foot forward and to kind of remove the layers that, um, you know, I remember, God, some of my first interviews I left wanting to cry because I just felt like I had just committed murder and was being interrogated. And, you know, and now it's like we do all need to be selling the dream and but also being real in that, you know, talking about, well, these are the challenges. You know, this is what a week in a life looks like. These are some of the things that currently frustrate us. If that's something that, you know, is going to really frustrate you, maybe it's not for you, but we want to let you know that some days these are some of the things that can really grind your gears and we're working on it. So, uh, yeah, I often just find that that transparency piece, the good, the bad and the ugly, but just, yeah, try and allow everybody to put their best foot forward. There's been an evolution of of how uh, of, of how interviewing works uh, about how you know people think about things di- differently about the things different things are important to different people. There's a different there's a there's a kind of a if you want to call it a you know a, a power shift from candidate candidate to to to, to hire um, or, the, or vice or vice versa, um, and all these things are um, have an impact on how we're communicating with. Someone who's to my to our point earlier, who's put invested a lot of time, effort, and energy, and, and emotion into, in, in, into getting getting into this room or on this video call to you know sell themselves. Um, and it's not easy. Like even for someone who's all like, you know my entire career has been has been technology recruitment, and I interview candidates all day, every day for for for, for many many years. Um, interviewing someone for my own company to join my own team. But massive, you know, an enormous challenge, much harder um, to do. Even though you know we're we're just talking about the job that we do, right? We we do this, we do this day in day out. And I think it's really important, um, particularly as um, you know, as, as agency recruiters, you know, it's it's a it's a very challenging job from time to time, right? For those of, those of those of you who've been agency, so I'm sure will agree. Um, but not just trying to paint it that it isn't. Well, you know, we had we interviewed somebody just yesterday, um, where actually we were we spent most of the time talking about how hard it is and the tough days and how frustrating it can be and how you know uh, um, you know you, you want to give up and 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 you know like was, during, during the meeting I was sitting there thinking well we should probably start talking about some of the positive stuff as well um, because we just kind of went down this down this rabbit hole of of, of how hard it is and whatnot and then I, I spoke to the candidate this morning for for a debrief she was really. Really grateful that we'd actually gone to that, gone to that level of detail into into look, you know, this is what it's really like, versus you know perhaps just being sold a dream and then turns up on day one and it's it's a lot harder than she thought. So I just think it's you know it, it's it's it, there's, it's a, it's a it's a human connection thing to a certain extent um, because people have different expectations, people have um, you know different um, goals different objectives, different things that they're, they're, they're trying to achieve, different ways they like to be communicated with, different ways they like to learn. And, and it's, you know, it's a minefield, right? How, how to, to, to keep on top of that. So, um, yeah, it's def- definitely not an easy, not, not an easy job. 
um, to, 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 uh, to interview people full stop, let alone maintain consistency through multiple interviews. So it's uh, you know, definitely a challenge. Sir, you've had, you've had Hannah for a little while there, so I'll, I'll come to you now. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to say that we need to keep in mind as well that it can be fun sometimes. Like I, I think since pandemic, most interviews are done online, which is great because it gives the candidate a lot more flexibility. But I think back in the day when we were in the office, we used to offer someone a drink or show them around or, or have a bit of that casual chat well i have a feeling sometimes hiring managers think now as soon as the meeting starts they need to go full into business mode straight away and just i don't know remind them a little bit more like just start with an icebreaker or make sure that at least the last 10 minutes are open for questions because it's always good if candidates have some questions prepared or vice versa just i don't know keeping those things in mind as well because sometimes candidates are nervous and they don't maybe not exactly know what to expect um, yeah, I think that's that's important these days. Terry? Um, so it's sort of in line with what we're saying and or slightly tangential. Um, sometimes through this process in, in, in through, and I've used this, I think I've overused this word, being honest about the, 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 the whole process and what we have to offer, especially in this market right now where candidate is king and everyone's sort of, um, you know, bending over backwards to bring somebody on board. I think it's okay to walk away from people as well, but give them the experience and then just go, um, this this isn't going to work and this is the reason why. Um, you know, you don't have to um, ghost them. That's a word today of, of the ages. Um, but you can just, you know, walk away. So I think we also need to be mindful that, yes, it is a candidate shy market. Yes, what you were saying earlier, Liam, to the, the feedback you gave your candidate, um, the one you interviewed yesterday. So important to be honest. But I think the honesty can can work both ways. You can also be honest when delivering feedback that isn't always positive. But if you're giving it in the mm. wrong, if you're delivering it in the right way, then it can be taken positively and then you sort of move away from it. Um, and the other thing I was going to say, again, from what I, I, I heard um, all of you actually mentioned at different times is when we're talking to our hiring managers, it's okay to debrief with them as well and give them feedback of how they could have maybe done things differently. Um, you know, get that feedback from the candidates as well. Sometimes if you've got that relationship mm. with the PA, um, to sort of talk, because that's how our hiring managers are going to learn as well. They, they haven't been to interview training. Well, some might have, but not all have. So, um, that's again the consistency, you know, just making sure we keep an open mind, we have that feedback flowing both ways. Um, and yeah, the ability to walk away if they're not right for us right now. Steve, thoughts? I just wanted to come back on um, what Sarah was saying. Actually, we've all said it around briefing of hiring managers or hiring panels. So I think that we talked about debriefing, but I think pre briefing is really, really important as well. Um, and actually talking about the journey that candidate has been on. So, you know, how did we source them? What channels did they come through? Because there's nothing worse than direct sourcing a candidate and then the hiring manager going, so what made you apply to this position? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is, this is you know, do you know what it's like? It's, it's like, you know, call, you know, when you call a call center and you sort of go through all of your information and they say, oh, we're going to have to pass you through. Uh -huh. And then you pass through something, you've got to go through it again. Yeah, my That's view. My, my view is how. Do, yeah, yeah. How do how do you? It's, it's, it's almost always when something's not working as well, so you're already irate. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how do you stop that in the recruitment process? And actually, if you think about some really good concierge services, where 
you know, you get passed off to someone else and they already know who you are and they know the journey that you've been through. Oh, I, you know, so-and-so told me that you came through this and we headhunted you or we direct sourced you, or we found you on LinkedIn or GitHub or whatever it might be. Just mentioning that is a is is going to be 10 times better than most organizations. Um, so briefing on that journey the candidate has been through is, is really, really powerful because, you know, you know, the, the, the age old saying that the, the, the um, one of the uh, biggest uh, terms in marketing is the word use. You start talking and personalizing everything. You already feel like it's a different experience. Yeah, I think so. What's, what's interesting about I think most of what we've spoken about um, so far on this on this uh, on this call is um, delivering experience to unsuccessful candidates, um, and that's that's something that you know I've I've and again Sarah and I was speaking about speaking about this yesterday, but I've always kind of worked on the basis that it's almost more important for unsuccessful candidates to have a better experience um because that's the end of their experience the last thing they hear is you've been unsuccessful um you know and and, and, and the feedback associated with that um the person who gets the job well they get a new experience they're an employee now um so uh and i think that's you know i think that probably the i don't want to put words in your mouth here steve but i, I imagine a big part of the whole um, uh, you know, creation of the, of the Circle Back initiative was based on the feedback that unsuccessful candidates were getting rather than, you know, how people deliver, deliver job offers to, to the successful candidates. And I know this is something that, um, yeah, Cheryl and I get to say, we spoke about some, some length yesterday. So I just wanted to kind of hand over and, and, and any additional context you want to, do you want to put into that, Cheryl, for a, for a kind of a bit more yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we touched on this before. Um, you want them, you want to give them closure in a positive way, right? So make sure that you provide them with the feedback. And and I'm not saying it's always easy. Like I've been in recruitment for a very long time now, and I still sometimes dragging that that phone call. And like especially if you build that employee relationship or that candidate relationship, and he or she has interviewed four, five, six rounds, and then you still have to call them that unfortunately they they didn't pass or they didn't get the job. But if you if you provide them with feedback, yes, of course they might be disappointed. Hopefully they are, but at least they will think they will thank you in the end of the journey and they will they will provide the spread the good word about the company you work for because they had a positive experience and um yes still something good can come from their rejection they can work on their weaknesses or the skills gaps that that we that we found in the interview process and who knows they they, they become a, an employee several months or years later like i always try to keep my rejected candidates warm by reaching out to them six, eight months later and just say, hey, just to see how you're going, um, create very effective kind of prospect pools within your ATS or within an, an, a LinkedIn project. Um, ask them to set up reminders that when the role opens up again, they will get a reminder in their inbox and they can apply again. Um, and also ask them for feedback. So we usually send out a survey and say, hey, what could we have done better to make your experience even more positive? And I think that that feedback is more important from candidates that you reject than candidates that you actually hire in the end. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a challenge. Um, it's you know, probably the hardest call in recruitment, right, to, to, to tell a candidate. That, oh, I still, I um, still hate it sometimes. Yeah, look, it's, it's but, hard, right? It's, you know, again, back to my point earlier, we've, we've, 
we're talking to people who've invested a lot of time, effort, emotion, energy into 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 a process. Um, you know, they're one call away from getting a new job that they're really excited about, and that one call is to tell them they didn't get it, and you know, the dream, dreams are shattered. You know, it's 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 it's, it's horrible um, to make those calls. Um, but I think where there's, it's, I think it's just really really important, and, and I think we we are we're one step removed from it as a as a, as a recruitment agency. You know, we. We are the communicators of of that feedback. We don't. We're not very rarely involved yeah. in the final interviews and whatnot. So, um, you know, we're, we're responsible for for passing the information on. And I think, um, yeah, something that we we constantly kind of preach to to our clients is that look, people don't mind getting told they didn't get the job if there's fair feedback or fair explanation as to why. Most yeah. and the vast majority will understand. Disappointed, yeah, but they'll understand. And as long as there's something constructive that, that, that can come out of it something they can take away as your two points are all about you know working on a particular you know skill or or, or you know, part of the job um um and I genuinely i think you know it always feels like a harder call before you make it than it, than it does once you've once, once you have made it and um, but it, it's always 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 better to better call to make and i'm, I'm absolutely certain the better call to receive yeah. where there's something constructive in there that gives that decision context yeah. Rather than to your point earlier, Steve, you know, an email just saying, "Oh, sorry, you've been unsuccessful." Oh. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, LinkedIn had some data on this. I think it was something like ninety-four percent of people that are interviewed want feedback, but forty-one percent get it. Um, shocking, huh? You know, which is which is which is shocking, and you know, part of the part of the Circle Back Initiative. One of the standards is if you interview someone face-to-face or live, you give them verbal feedback. Um, unless you're working at very, very high volume, um, where it's actually not a great candidate experience. If you're number 250 to receive a phone call, it's not great. But generally, it's it's um, it's a verbal call. And I hear from quite a few employers saying, well, actually, you know, we're, we're, we're afraid of giving feedback for fear of, you know, litigation and things like this. Well, you know, my, my argument to that is, well, respond, not responding isn't the fix. The fix is making sure you've got the right selection, a fair, consistent and robust selection methodology in place. Because if you've got that in place, then there's nothing to fear. Yeah. Um, the fix isn't ghosting people. Um, but it is a hard conversation. And actually, uh, you know, there's, it, I think it's for, you know, TA, TA leaders to really coach. I think it's a big coaching uh, yeah. Part of our jobs is to to make sure that our recruiters feel and hiring managers actually because sometimes it's the hiring managers making those calls yeah. is that they um they feel comfortable making those calls but as long as you as long as your assessment methods are measured and you can actually you know you've got your scorecards as you've if you as we've already aligned to you've got your scorecards it's measured it's consistent and fair and as of objective um. It's uh, you know, it's it's can you, as you said, we you can't you can't talent pull, you can't talent pipeline if you don't give people that feedback. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we've 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 completed delivering a good experience to, um, to unsuccessful candidates. Let's 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 finish on a positive. Let's let's talk about those who um, who do get off the job. We get to make that really nice call. Um, where we're, we're telling they've got the job, and you know we'd like to offer them a position and 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 uh, and bring it to a to a, uh, a positive conclusion. Um, Sarah, something that you and I spoke about at length. I know you've, you've got you know, a lot of passion for 
is the importance of carrying that candidate experience through to when they're an employee when that person gets the job making sure that you know the, the job has the, the the experience hasn't been delivered now it's just we're in the process of delivering and how they and you, you 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 alluded to briefly earlier once they're an employee okay well how does that how does that continue how do we kind of maintain that consistency through that mm, yeah totally and it's a feedback loop i mean you know, we've got a pretty unique culture here and it's um, a culture of feedback. So I'm very comfortable giving feedback to my CEO as I am to anyone else in the company because we're encouraged to be honest and to do that. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we started to measure was, you know, what are the milestones? How do we spark joy in everything that we do? Like that first week, that first day is critical. So are we then sitting down and taking that candidate out for lunch and saying, hey, how was your first week or how was your first month? Like, you know, did we deliver what we said we were going to deliver? Did you? And we and the goal is to exceed their expectations, not meet them, exceed them. Um, and so, you know, it's not just the job of the hiring manager. It takes a village. So, you know, I think it's about having the right steps in place that whereby, um, you know, you're partnering with your HR teams to support the onboarding journey. You're partnering with your HR manager, sorry, your hiring managers, and then you also have perhaps a buddy within the team or within the business that can help guide them along the way as, as well as connecting them with different relationships throughout that first month because it's particularly onboarding people remotely. It's really hard to make new friends in the office um, when, you know, you may never meet them face-to-face -face for 6 to 12 months. So, um you know, one of the things that we do is continuously doing those feedback loops and, and guiding everybody along the way. We've got a lot of automation in place that will say, hey, your person's been here for a week. Here's your checkbook. Like these are all the things you need to kind of do. But then we also have stuff in place that will help our hiring managers plan in advance. Um, and we check in and we make sure it's done. And, you know, there are trends where we can see where some people drop the ball the happiness of that candidate drops because I don't feel the love. Whereas where you get it really right, and it could be the most simplest thing of knowing their favourite three o'clock snack is a packet of cheesels. Mm -hmm. And you remember that in their second week and go, hey, you're going, by the way, what your favourite snack? Like, bring me Messina. I'm the happiest girl in the world. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's the little things that make a really big difference. It's not about spending $300 on swag that's landfill. It's about really getting to know that person and actually showing you give a shit about them and genuinely giving a shit about them and guiding them, getting the feedback, making them feel safe that if they're not picking things up or they're struggling with something that they feel safe enough to say, you know what, I feel like I need a bit more training on this. I'm not really grasping it or I don't know who to go through, you know, go to on this. Building those relationships has just been critical for us and, you know, the data is showing we're measuring it. It's something like a 97% success rate now where people are saying I'm blown away. I mix my, you know, Everything's just going so well and we're really pleased. So that's, yeah, it's probably why I get up each day. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's there's a, um, uh, it, it's important that, you know, for someone to have gone through an interview process, been offered the job, accepted it, a lot of direct or indirect promises will have been made throughout that process that, you know, about what it's like to work here, what we do, how we do it, what people are like. Um, so it's really important that those, you know, those, those promises are, 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 are kept yeah. in the first, you know, even the first 
a week, week, couple of weeks, month, quarter, who, who knows, right? But but um, it's really important that that considerable to have to have, we talking about earlier with the, the consistency of the process that mm-hmm. everyone knows how they have to, you know, um, uh, present the business because that's what's actually like when they become an employee, if when they become an employee, that's what they're going to experience. Well, let's make sure that, again, setting expectations, that's what it, that's what's actually like here rather than, you know, painting it as this, you know, it's, it's, it's this kind of heaven um, that, you know, we never have any problems and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a great place to be. It's just not realistic. Um, you want but, them to um, become advocates as well and refer all their mates to come and join. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know that uh, 460 are a, uh, a, a, a very a very happy company, very happy happy employees. What, uh, how, how, how have you guys uh, uh, implemented that? That yeah, consistency so through the employee experience. Yeah, so the business, um, Sarah, I was listening to all, everything you were saying and getting quite excited to talk because that's that's who we are at 460. For us, um, each of us, so we uh, we want to be, we um, again, not trying to uh, plug 460 in, but maybe I am, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we, we're trying to be, um, we're, not, we're not a big five. We're not that big. We're quite a small niche agency. We're an expert management agency. For us, it is about the people. So, um, Sarah, what she was saying is about, you know, the importance of caring these candidates from when they've been offered the role to the becoming an employee. We, um, that's that's a that's a, an amazing experience that we think we're giving them. So, what we do is we, um, and it's I say we, it is my colleague who does it. She handles the people and culture side. She is uh, my yin, or I am her yin, she is my yang, whatever, however you call it. Um, but we um, we try and make uh, their journey unique to them. So there isn't a cookie cutter. Everyone doesn't get the same experience when they come to 460. We talk to them, we engage with them, we go through their why. So why are they here? You know, their why could be because of family. Their why could be because they want to become a CEO of a business one day. Their why could be... They want to become a farmer in 10 years. Um, whatever it is, uh, we take that, we dissect it, and we work out how the business can support them in achieving that why. So, um, yeah, as a business and all of us here, we're supremely passionate about that employee experience, making sure that, yes, they're working for 460 and, you know, engaging with our clients and doing some pretty amazing uh, work out there, but also they are not losing sight of who they are and what they want to but yeah, we are definitely passionate. Do I have another five hours? Can I keep Everyone else has had a go, so I might just get, let Cyril have an opportunity to, to pitch pitch Nintex as well. <laughs> um, yeah, nah, yeah, we are obviously a little bit bigger and we have uh, employees worldwide, which makes it sometimes a little bit more different. But I, I think it's all about the people. So exactly find out what they want, customize their swag to their needs and also i think most important is that that in between the job offer until first day because in some countries we have three three and a half months notice if they don't hear from us they get nervous so really just remind your hiring managers like hey you have a new starter next month have you reached out and me sending a whatsapp message on their first day is your it working welcome to the business if there's anything you need please reach out to me because until then, they don't really know anyone else besides their TA and the hiring manager. So really small, small steps can 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 come a long way and, and just make it a bit more tailored to 
to their needs. Uh, not everyone has a family. Some people have pets. Some people love to go bike riding. Other people like to go hiking and, and just make sure to open conversations to, to everyone. And um, I think that that's when you have a great culture. Yeah. Harini, your hand is still up. Is it still up from your uh, previous your previous point? I think it is, but if you want me to keep going, no, <laughs> we can you said you, you, you had five hours more for us. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. Oh, good. Look, I think you know we, we've this. This was, uh, I think we, we we kind of scratched the surface of a lot of a lot, a lot of things in, in, in related to to kind of experience. We could probably sit here all evening and continue this 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 conversation, take it off on all all sorts of tangents. But I think certainly. Um, there've been, there've been, you know, I've made some notes and some some, some takeaways of of things that, um, not necessarily, you know, brand new ideas, but a different solution or different ideas that are kind of variations on on, on some of the things that some of the things that, that we that we do and we kind of, I suppose, we have a, you know, a unique and privileged position as a, as, a, as an agency where we are able to influence uh, our clients to a certain extent. So there's certainly some some, some, some things that I've got from today that, um, you know, added a couple of, couple of strings to my bow in terms of my, my ability to consult on, uh, on, on, on delivering a really, really positive candidate experience for our, for, our, for our clients and their candidates. So really, um, really appreciate everyone's, um, everyone's time, time on that. I'm sure, um, hopefully you, you, you've all got, um, you know, got some, some takeaways from this and enjoyed the conversation. Um, so look, that's, um, it's been a, been a really good chat. Thank you all very much for your time and your insights. And I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon. Thanks very much.